Welcome to I'm Obsessed With This, the Netflix podcast about the shows and films viewers cannot get enough of. Sort of like how Will Ferrell cannot get enough clicks on Funny or Die. I'm your host, Bobby Finger, and today I'm joined in the studio by writer and comedian Lauren Ashley Smith. Hello. Hi, Bobby. Hi, how are you? I'm good, thanks. <laughs> how you are you? You seem really, really good. I'm I'm drinking my seltzer. I'm very chill. Uh, I'm feeling great. That's good. And it's kind of a dreary day. Mm-hmm. The first like dreary fall day of fall. And it was 90 degrees yesterday. <laughs> I'm thrilled by the cold. You got your seltzer. I've got green tea. I always talk about the stupid drinks. <laughs> is it good? It That's- is very good, actually. It has the right amount of... I'm a big seltzer person. It has the right amount of... Uh, sp- like I like it for it to hurt. So oh, you, this you is not quite to pain, but it has enough bubbles. You want, good. you're a sadistic seltzer Absolutely. Okay. I'm like, I need to cool. say ow. <laughs> okay. Well, that's good. I got the right one. Yes. Saratoga. <laughs> the blue bottle, it like, it suggests a it, level of like fancy. Really? It looks like a small bottle of champagne. And, and it's um, like, we're going to mess your mouth up. Mm-hmm. So we're here to talk about Between Two Ferns, yes. the movie. But before we get into that, what else have you been watching on Netflix lately? I, okay. I like a a living human person love Mm -hmm. netflix so much and i part of my nightly ritual is just scrolling through and sometimes it's not even about finding something to watch like the thing that soothes me to sleep is just keeping clicking Mm -hmm. until i fall asleep do you like i don't land on anything are you soothed by the those like preview videos no i hate them (laughs) i'm not soothed by that but i am soothed by the roku clicking sound it's like doo 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 that sound uh-huh. i love it oh you watch it on roku i do i have heard from netflix people that yes they're like roku is the best roku way to watch is the best way to watch netflix um i have it also on my like smart my actual smart tv mm-hmm. but in my bedroom it's on the roku stick and i can't so get it, it doesn't matter what you watch you just want to click through i just want to click through what's and... the best thing you've clicked through recently <laughs> I think, uh, well, I did click through and ultimately watch Tall Girl, which was uh, very (laughs) on brand but off for me. And it did take me, I was on vacation, it took me three whole days to watch Tall Girl Mm -hmm. in Italy. And I was like, I'm in on the Amalfi Coast and I'm watching Tall Girl. You watched Tall Girl. (laughs) No offense to Tall Girl. We talked about Tall Girl in this podcast already, but like, you were on the Amalfi Coast. I was on the Amalfi Coast watching Tall Girl. And I chose to use my time to watch Tall Girl. I mean, not even. To call out Tall Girl, mm-hmm. watching Netflix mm-hmm. on the Amalfi Coast. On my phone. <laughs> oh my God. Not even HD. On my phone. Oh my God. Yeah, and I feel good about those choices. I okay. feel good about what I've done. Did you at least have like the view? I did. I literally, I swear to God, I was in bed with the phone in the foreground and the windows and the balcony doors open to the coast in the background so I could go between Tall Girl to the Which cliffs and Mount. Tall Girl. <laughs> Definitely Tall Girl. Definitely Tall Girl. This is a Netflix podcast. Yes. I prefer Tall Girl. But so also during the trip, (laughs) I also blew through Diagnosis, which I became obsessed with. Christine loves Diagnosis. She's going to talk about that. I love Diagnosis. So um, that got me through Paris. um, Mm -hmm. And then Tall Girl, as I mentioned, took me through the Amalfi Coast. And then there's something else that I watched, but I generally will try to vacillate between good, like old favorites. Like Mm -hmm. it's actually very hard for me. I think Buffy is off now or maybe Mm -hmm. it is leaving that's one of my go-tos um and then the good place i tend to just cycle through but um i love me a, a just a, sc- a scroll through my favorite thing to scroll through is call the midwife really it's i've never seen like, it me either i always see it and i'm like <laughs> one of these days and then i hover and i think i'm gonna call that midwife I'm soon. Gonna, one day i'm gonna call her my parents i was i was at home at my parents house last week and my mom was talking about midwife we finally started watching Midwife. I love Midwives. And I was like, what? <laughs> what? 
Oh, call the midwife. No, yeah, midwives. Okay. Okay. Okay, great. They One didn't of these know days. that it was like on on an abbreviation uh, level they in the just, culture. They just get it all wrong. Yeah. They they don't know. <laughs> but they like it. They watch Designated Survivor, their favorite show in the world, wow. Designated Survivor. Wow. The only thing I... <laughs> All I can see when I hear those two words together is the image of Kiefer Sutherland with that popped collar coat. <laughs> That's all I can say. I don't, I know nothing else about the show except for that he's wearing a, a fancy coat. It's such a like um, formerly cool dad thing to do. It screams, I used to be a hot man. I used to be hot. Yeah. I was in Lost Boys. Yes. But now I'm in Designated Survivor. Absolutely. <laughs> Which is fine. It's fine. I actually love that journey for him. It just is so um, on the nose that it's, mm-hmm. it's pop. Yeah, like he would do that. Who else would do that? Like, um, like Johnny Depp would do that. Johnny Depp something. absolutely would do that. I don't think Brad Pitt would do that. No, he 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 knows enough not to. Leo wouldn't do that. George Clooney before Amal would do it. <laughs> Amal's Amal. like, put it down. Exactly, <laughs> George. I demand it. You're never popping a collar again, George. Ever. I'm going to keep thinking about, like, designated survivor and call the midwife. Okay. Between Two Ferns. Yes. Why were you into Between Two Ferns, the I movie? picked Between Two Ferns, the movie, because I've been super excited for it to come out, and I loved the show, Between Two Ferns. Mm-hmm. I thought it was super, super funny. I like... Um, I work in TV, so mm-hmm. I like that it has an element of like behind the. It's obviously not a realistic look. I don't mm-hmm. work in public access, but mm-hmm. I like the sort of behind the scenes feel of it. Mm-hmm. Um, my friend Lauren Lapkus is in it, and mm-hmm. I think everything she does is perfect and amazing, and she is the funniest person I've ever met. When she pulled out the trumpet, I oh really god. did lose my mind. Oh my god, the trumpet, <laughs> the prop comedy, the trumpet, the the desktop computer. Oh. Um, <laughs> I forgot about the desktop computer. <laughs> Who needs a laptop? Yes, she's like, I feel bad for people with laptops. <laughs> and honestly, the one of the best jokes I've ever heard and I was is in it's in the trailer, I think, too, but it's when they're in a restaurant and the waiter asks, like, you know, have you seen a chicken strip? And she says, How many clam strips come in an order? Six. How big are they? Well, have you ever seen a chicken strip? I've never seen a chicken wear clothes. That is one of the funniest things I have ever heard, and the delivery is so perfect. Mm-hmm. And so uh, the movie, I picked it, and I, I liked it because it's just so deadpan. Like, mm-hmm. the jokes are just so sharply and, you know, deftly delivered that mm-hmm. it, it's just so, so funny to me. One of the things that I was that most intrigued me initially, because I was like, okay, I got to watch this movie. I probably would have waited a little longer to watch it had we not done this, because I was like, oh, it's in the it's in the queue. Yeah, you know? like, you'll I'll get, get to, to it. it. Yeah. 82 minutes long. Can you get better than 82 minutes long? That is, I would argue, the perfect runtime. I got a full story mm-hmm. in 82 minutes. Absolutely. And I don't have to worry about watching it again no. or watching more of it. No. I mean, I don't know what that says about like me or society that like we're dying for things to be short. But mm-hmm. like, what a nice But it's not too short. It's not like 49 minutes where you're like, oh. It's, I don't feel cheated. Yeah. You know? And I also feel, I think that the... Amount, they picked like the perfect guest stars mm-hmm. I love anything with Will Ferrell in it so it was like fun to have him in it playing sort of a a heightened character version mm-hmm. of himself that's like a cokehead and like yeah <laughs> making fun like... of just doing the clicks over and over yes, again where yes. it was like I have to carry my click counter all yes. over the place uh, I just it, it really made me laugh and then also my the full disclosure I'm in it for one second you're in it for one second I'm in it for one second wait what second and it's like at the very beginning I'm one of the other public access uh, shows on the channel you are yes <laughs> we didn't even know we had a star I between two friends in the movie. i have one line what? in the movie 
I sure do. Yeah. So what is your line? Um, I'm so. Hold on. I can. <laughs> I'm gonna scroll on. I mean, Netflix. It's literally in the first five minutes. I play a tarot card reader. <laughs> oh my god. There's. That's. Are me. you kidding me? <laughs> Didn't like that card. Didn't like that card either. Where do you keep it? And I did not pick it because I swear to God, I swear to God, I tweeted about the movie and Christine was like, "Do you want to do this movie?" I was like, "Absolutely." And I was like, "But by the way, I don't know if this makes it weird, but I am in the movie." <laughs> Didn't like that card. Uh, well, congratulations. Hey, you know what? I'm thanks. really. I'm just. I was already starstruck, and now I'm even more starstruck. Well, you know. Um. So between two ferns, here's the thing: between two ferns premiered on Funny or Die. In 2008, which I, 11 years ago. Which I didn't realize that it had been part of like the con- the public consciousness yeah. for that long. Yeah. And they sort of referenced the fact that it's been on for a long time in the movie. Mm-hmm. But the movie is like, it's such a weird, it's like a parody, but it's also a, a, a real thing. You right. know, like this show really did exist, but it's just adding this sort of alternative history and like fictionalizing right. the actual like story of this show. But they mentioned the 10-year thing in it. But when you see it on the Wikipedia, like, this premiered 10 years ago, I mean, in 2008. This is wild. And also, Funny or Die was one of those things that, like, it anticipated A-listers embracing web-based video and internet video and streaming stuff before the mainstream. Way before. Up-and-coming people were on YouTube and Mm -hmm. they were doing stuff like College Humor. But like Funny or Die brought in the heavy hitters. They were like, oh, this is a movie star in an internet video, which is like not something that was part of the conversation. Yeah, like let's not completely make fun of the internet just yet. Exactly. And so they've been doing it for a really long time. Zach Galifianakis plays this like strange version of himself that the movie sort of provides a little bit of context mm-hmm. and background to. And when I saw the trailer, I was like, how are they going to do this, honestly? Because the show is hilarious, yes, but it's also, you know, seven minutes long. Right, and it doesn't, the it's interviews don't have a storyline. No. So to for them, I think the way that Scott Ackerman, the director, like, the way they conceived of the movie was really smart and mm-hmm. cool to take the things that you like about Between Two Ferns, which mm-hmm. is the off- awkward conversation aspect of it, but to put this, make you invested in the storyline mm-hmm. and show you, like, okay, it's like classic improv and sketch comedy rule, which mm-hmm. is like, okay, if this is true, if this show happens mm-hmm. and, like, Zach behaves this way and he interviews people this way, what else is true and it's like okay if that is true what else is true he probably has crazy people that work for him (laughs) (laughs) do you know what I'm saying it's like that's also true he probably has a messed up personal life that Mm -hmm. also is true Mm -hmm. and he probably also has grand delusions and ambitions thinking that he's way better than he is that's also true so let's show that yeah if this version of Zach Galifianakis is the star of Funny or Die then what is the owner of Funny or Die like exactly it's Will Ferrell but this kind of this kind of Will Ferrell exactly it was really really funny and so they developed a story around it which is that he accidentally killed Matthew McConaughey briefly in this sort of ridiculous Rube Goldbergian flood that happens in the studio. He comes back to life. He gets CPR or whatever. And Will Ferrell says, I Mm -hmm. need clicks. You need to give me 10 episodes of Between Two Ferns in two weeks or something. And Zal Kapanaka says, let's make it interesting. If I get it, will you give me a talk show on Lifetime television? Forever. (laughs) Forever. And he's like, sure. That goes back to the runtime. But I love it when exposition takes two seconds. Mm -hmm. You know, we don't have to drag our heels. You don't have to explain it. This is absurd. This is silly. I'm already in. Like, just tell me me what what it is and then go for it. Tell me what we're doing and let's go. Show me the interviews with the people. They just barely thread them together mm-hmm. but it's enough and it's i enough. think and i think that's one of the things that really surprised me like would it be enough 
to give this sort of loose thread through all of these celebrity interviews. And it was absolutely absolutely enough. it absolutely was I felt invested in the story in a lot of ways Mm -hmm. and I felt like I couldn't predict where it was going to go Um, and so and the thing that really impresses me on top of everything is that the movie is mostly improvised like Mm -hmm. I still don't know how they pulled it off I don't know if they like beat it out stories and stuff I can sort of glean based on like what I know about making TV but so many of those moments and lines and stuff uh, I think the scenarios were like beat it out and scripted but Mm -hmm. so many of the jokes and interactions were improvised which Mm -hmm. is just all the more impressive when you look at the performances that people gave. Yeah. I Well, just to change topics really quickly, you're currently writing on a Black Lady Mm -hmm. Sketch show, which is awesome. Congratulations. Thanks. That's very cool. I'm sure people are listening or watching that as well. As a writer on like a comedy show, Mm -hmm. when you are writing comedy do you go into it expecting improv to be added to it I think it depends Um, it depends because it depends on the type of show it is Mm -hmm. because like let's say it's a multi-cam like a sitcom like let's say a Friends or Big Bang Theory for example Mm -hmm. there is probably less room for improvisation because the improv has to be on story you Mm -hmm. know like the writers have already written out like what the season is going to be like what the series is going to be like what the characters are and so there's like little room for interpretation but generally when you were, are working on a big budget show like that, like the network expects to see what is on the page mm-hmm. when they watch the show. Mm-hmm. But the cool thing about making TV is that you can get a take where it's like written, done as written, and then you can do one where it's like, let's just go crazy. Mm-hmm. And uh, usually it's a, a, a beautiful marriage between them. But a lot of times, like, you know, as a writer, what's really cool is to write something and hear it a certain way in your head, because that's sort of how I write. It's like I hear the characters in my head and then see see someone interpret a word or a, a phrase in a way that you didn't even. You're like, oh, my gosh that I'm hearing it completely differently mm-hmm. to see what people take away from it is really cool. And so um, I always hope and expect that like, I'm going to put it on the page how I see it and they're going to take it and run with it. Who are some of your biggest influences as comedy writers? Uh, comedy writers, um, a ton. Uh, Tina Fey was always super um, important to me when mm-hmm. she, cause she was the first woman to be the head writer of SNL. Yeah. And so I always was like, oh she is someone who is just so sharp and so funny and has a really absurd sense of humor and I also read a quote from her many years ago where she said that on the set of 30 Rock she like carried the script with her all the time like the script was never done done like Mm -hmm. you can always make your jokes better and that helped me early in my career and now in my career to you know always want to like improve and and beat myself but also Mm -hmm. to like take notes and criticism because it's like if I write something and then I think well that's it that's how it's going to be then every change that comes later is going to uh make me feel bad i'm having a negative reaction to to it and like i don't want that and nobody wants to work with that so (laughs) to read that quote from someone i really admired early on was very helpful to me to be like oh you know like things can change and just because they change doesn't mean it's like getting ruined you know like that is a gift for things to change and to collaborate probably the hardest thing about like any form of writing like killing your darlings Mm -hmm. just like looking back with a critical eye and being willing to change things yeah and especially in comedy because whenever you think something's funny you're like I'm the funniest person like yeah how dare you call not call me funny I'm hilarious (laughs) this is so funny why aren't you laughing at this it's so funny I think there's something about this movie that is so much more thoughtful and has like commentary on like the comedy scene than you would initially think going Mm -hmm. into it did you watch this feeling surprised by the fact that a funny or die sketch turned into like kind of an interesting comment on 
an industry? I wasn't surprised because I have a deep respect and understanding for how smart and how thoughtful and uh, funny the people involved with the movie mm-hmm. are. And But I really was like just thrilled I would say because the questions that Zach asked like they there's a difference between like him asking like dumb uh offensive and uh annoying and embarrassing questions to the to the actors and yeah. the famous people that he's interviewing and that would have been great and funny enough but the fact that they were able to do that and make a commentary mm-hmm. on the business or on the way people are interviewed and and it was so smart the questions were so razor sharp and mm-hmm. the way that he delivered them so offhandedly was truly masterful I think like the question about um to I, there's one to Brie Larson where he asks her you know he says like I heard that you um don't answer questions that make you uncomfortable in interviews and he goes this one's a two-parter why is that and when did you get your first beer <laughs> makes me laugh so much <laughs> and there I mean every single question he asked I can't remember all of them but... my favorite one that I wrote down was uh, when he says to John Legend you have many titles <laughs> musician actor producer philanthropist but at the end of the day aren't you just a millionaire who's married to a supermodel <laughs> I just like would he ask Chance the Rapper if that was the name his parents gave him or what his brother's name yeah. was or something? It's just, like, so stupid. Mm-hmm. So, so stupid. But um, ultimately, like, he truly did make a lot of commentary on just the business. And, like, him, the I thought I'd heard every all right, all right, all right, Matthew McConaughey <laughs> joke. His past three box office. <laughs> He's so I, – I had forgotten. I think that's the thing about this movie. It made me weirdly nostalgic for 10 years ago totally you know like you're watching this and it's like I remember loving these videos and they never really stopped coming out no. like Zach Alphanax kept making them yes throughout like there was never really hugely a hugely famous yeah, like people Barack like Barack Obama exactly did. like you know this never ended but it still made me think like it's great that this thing stayed good mm-hmm. for a long time especially over the past few years we're so used to having good things ruined And this is a good thing that has somehow, against all odds, in an industry that is known for harboring and, like, propping up things that are not good Mm -hmm. and people who are not good. It reminded me of this quote that just came out. You know, the whole Joker movie that's coming out, directed by Todd Phillips, comedy director, known for the Hangover movies, Mm -hmm. mostly. And now he's directing this, like, really intense, dark movie about the Joker starring Joaquin Phoenix. And he said this. I was reading a profile of Walking Phoenix yesterday. Did you read about this? I haven't seen that. And he said this is he's explaining his pivot to Joker as opposed to why he doesn't want to make comedies anymore. And he said, go try to be funny nowadays with this woke culture. There were articles written about why comedies don't work anymore. I'll tell you why. Because all the fucking funny guys are like, fuck this shit. Because I don't want to offend you. It's hard to argue with 30 million people on Twitter. You can't just do it, right? So you just go, I'm out. I'm out. And you know what? With all my comedies, I think what comedies in general all have in common is they're irreverent. So I go, how do I do something irreverent but fuck comedy? Oh, I know. Let's take the comic book movie universe and turn it on its head with this. And that's what this came from. And I was like, dude. This is an irreverent, silly, absurd, hilarious comedy that is not a problem. Right. Like, no one's going to be mad at this movie for existing. As someone who's involved in a popular comedy show in 2019, what do you say about the current state of comedy? I think comedy is in a really great place right now. I think that on on so many levels, Mm -hmm. I think that network comedies are really great. Sketch, there's like a bunch of new amazing sketch shows. Their uh, stand-up is in a really great place. Uh, 
I feel like the art of the romantic comedy is being uh, brought back. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like it's really, really strong. And I think it's kind of a cop out and kind of a a lazy way of thinking to just sort of throw up your hands and be like, well, I give up. I give up. And I don't like the way that, you know, it just seems kind of like dinosaurish and it just seems like you just don't feel like trying yeah. and it's going back to the thing I was saying where it's like take the note like it doesn't ever hurt to take a note and sometimes the note is like hey we as a culture are moving this way you know mm-hmm. it never hurts to take a note yeah who was your favorite cameo in this in this movie oh my gosh that's I a tough think it's tough it's really tough I think it might be John Legend just because I really love that scene where he comes in and he's like being so aggressively mm-hmm. mean nice to mm-hmm. Zach because Zach has the night before had sex with Chrissy Teigen his <laughs> wife and I love how um, Lauren Lapkus is like not picking up on Zach I, to- <laughs> I think that's one of my favorite Lauren Lapkus parts She's like, she's like, why are you doing this to me? And he's like, like, what the fuck? And she's like, I feel like you're trying to get something across to me that I'm not getting. (laughs) Uh, I I am married to a supermodel, yes. I look her up. He met her. You met her? I did? Yeah. When? Yes, of course. In the bar. You met my wife in a bar? I meet a lot of people. I meet a lot of people. It was last night. You met my wife last night? What does she look like? She's gorgeous. I told you go over and talk to her. We can get an interview. I don't remember her. Why are you staring at me like this? What? I feel like you're trying to communicate something that I don't get. Shut the fuck up. Oh my gosh. I she's so so funny. I think that that is probably my favorite mm-hmm. one, but I think there's actually one that I'm not remembering that I'm remiss in not mentioning, but they're just also he was so mean so to Haley Steinfeld he about was, the bumblebee. He was. I mean, you f- you find yourself kind of pleased and relieved when a celebrity goes on between two ferns because they're willing to like they're take willing themselves to put themselves out there exactly. Yeah. I loved the line that they threw in. Was it Lauren Lapkus? I'm not sure, but it was like celebrities take cameos in movies so they can afford another day of <laughs> yes, cocaine. <laughs> yes, that was Lauren. <laughs> I other uh, amazing cameos Rashida Jones the mm-hmm. moment where she's sitting getting pre-interviewed by Lauren but Zach is sitting right over her shoulder he's like ask her what race she is like just <laughs> it's just so funny and then I'm going to be killed for this because I don't know if I'm is the man's name I love this actor but I don't want watch Parks and Recreation so I'm not he's on Big Little Lies is it Adam Scott yeah oh yes, yeah okay. that's Adam Scott Adam Scott yeah 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 that one is very funny to me because he he's goes, like, he's I'm not from Paul Park- Rudd. Yeah. Well, he's like, I'm from Parks and Recreation. And Zach's like, oh, thank oh, goodness. You're a normal you know, person. A normal person. They just try to like get me to talk to actors about their latest comedy projects. He's like, no, my show Parks and Recreation. It's just a great, it's just so stupid and funny. I love it. This joke that Zach Galifianakis has been doing with his character is so one note. And it you feel like it shouldn't have lasted when you watch this. Like, oh, he's just deadpanning like pop culture ignorance while he interviews these people like he's just like kind of on uh-huh. the spectrum he's not picking up on social cues how could this possibly last for 11 years and it has it has it um, has because it has like it has part of it is like him being not informed but also part of it is him fucking with them which yeah. is is great mm-hmm. um but i also find 
one thing that makes the movie work too, I think, mm-hmm. is that I think all these people are being themselves or playing version of themselves, right. whether it's a Haley Steinfeld or Zach or Will Ferrell or whoever. John Hamm. John Hamm. <laughs> oh my gosh. And I feel like it must be very hard to play yourself in a movie. Mm-hmm. And so many of the people did it so, so well mm-hmm. that I think it's a testament to even the people that aren't like traditionally like actors, like say a John Legend, he played himself so well and they're so willing to play the versions of themselves are the, that are distilled down to the very like most basic thing we know yeah. about them. Even which if is that thing fun. is like unflattering. Exactly. Yeah. And I just really think that that's just so, such a joy to watch and it's just fun for the audience. And that they're willing to do that. Yeah. I loved the, I was looking at all the other jokes that I wrote down. I love the joke. And again, I think it was Lauren Lapkus again where she says, Jake Gyllenhaal couldn't make it because he didn't get on the plane because he didn't spell his name right <laughs> on his ticket. There are too, too many, many A's. A's. Zach? Yeah? Some bad news. Jake Gyllenhaal had to cancel. Why? He spelled his name wrong on his plane ticket. What? It's too many A's. It's Um, so quotable, though. Like, I feel like it's been... These days, like I know what you're gonna say. The way that comedy is, sometimes things aren't as quotable as like I'm someone as a 90s comedy. Exactly, Mm -hmm. like I'm someone. I grew up watching movies and TV in the 90s and early 2000s, and like I, when I think of like quotable things, I'm like, okay, Mean Girl, so quotable. Anchorman, Mm -hmm. so quotable. Like this movie gives me those vibes where Mm -hmm. it's just the things are just so. So you can, they just glue themselves into your brain. What do you think that is? Because I've I've noticed that too, where it's like comedies, they evolved at some point. You know, Anchorman, Mean Girls feel, feel like sort of the last breaths of that sort of era mm-hmm. of comedy. And then it turned into a very, is it like a Judd Apatow sort of like situation? Just like everything was a little more long winded. They like gave everything a little more room to breathe, which meant there were like less one-liners maybe yeah but there's definitely i there definitely is a tonal shift and it's not like a value judgment because i enjoy both i love it all but there was something about this that felt very reminiscent of that in a way that felt like nice and And familiar and it reminded me of like and the improv just like really good improv reminded me of like christopher guest movies Mm -hmm. where i was like this is this is really just a mockumentary like christopher guest movie it's not exactly like formally a mockumentary but that's the vibe that Mm -hmm. i'm getting and it made me nostalgic for that too i was like this is really comforting to me totally the last line that i wrote down that killed me was his exchange with tiffany haddish where he said, do you ever wish people would stop calling you a female comedian? Shouldn't they just be calling you a black comedian? And she goes, it's better than them calling me male comedian. <laughs> I was like, they must be having the time of their lives. Yes. Like David Letterman. Oh my God, where he said, you look like Santa Claus. <laughs> like, oh man, it's just so, so, so truly so funny. Um, I'm sorry I keep harping on the fact that you are a comedy writer, but this is this is important. Who was your dream comedian or actor to write for? Oh my gosh. That's In really your hard. dreams. Probably Maya Rudolph. Maya Rudolph? Because the way that she says words, it's just, there's no one (laughs) like that. There's no one like her. Mm -hmm. And she is a delight. I've never watched anything with her in it and have, have come away from it wishing I hadn't watched it. She can turn any word into, she can add syllables to it. She can take syllables away. She is just so charming. And she is just so fun to watch. I feel like it would bring me no greater joy than to hear her mm-hmm. say things. Watching her on The Good Place is just like so Oh nice. my gosh. A, a revelation. When she walks, she is one of those, she's one of those handful of people that when she walks on the screen, you're just like, you're laughing already. already. You're like, I'm ready. Yeah. <laughs> Here and it's we go. Like that, she's just one of those people where it's like, you're just funny. You, mm-hmm. You're never going to be not funny. 
That's true. She will keep evolving in her funniness into old age, mm-hmm. like a like an Elaine Stritch Absolute, or something. Absolutely, I was gonna know? say Elaine Stritch. Absolutely, like, she will be funny in her nineties. Absolutely, and she'll be on television in her nineties, uh-huh. or like she'll be on her she'll be on our phones in her nineties. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, now we are going to play our stupid game, which is called Zach, Zach, or Zach. Okay. There are a lot of famous Zachs. A lot of Zachs. I recently discovered that there just are a lot of men named Ryan in the world, but also <laughs> there's like a disproportionate amount of men named Ryan on reality reality television. Like, do you think any reality about... show there is going to be a man named Ryan? And Maybe multiple, multiple. <laughs> and I sat, I sat with that for a while. I was, I was like, what is that about? I want to get to the bottom of it. Like. Because when you think of like, and it's definitely a type of guy too. Like mm-hmm. Ryan Lochte is mm-hmm. what I think of when I think of Ryan. Mm-hmm. Like I think they're of all Ryan just Edwards Ryan Edwards from Lochte. Teen Mom. <laughs> I think of any son named Ryan on any Real Housewives franchise. There's always a Ryan's Ryan. going to be a problem. Yeah. No offense to the Ryans mm, listening, no. but like you might be a problem. He might. Ryan's going to either cheat on someone or they're going to Ryan's going to end up with like some kind of card at the end where it's like Ryan went to prison for three like Ryan's going to end up with an update at the end of the episode. Right. A kind of a dark update. Yes. Um, there are a lot of Zachs too, and they spell their names differently. They do. Z a c h, z a c k, z a c. So we're gonna play Zach, Zach, or Zach. Can't wait. I'm gonna read you a last name. Their first name is Zach. Mm-hmm. Can you spell their first name? This game is right up my alley. Here we go. There aren't many of them. I was just like, wow, it is funny because I thought that Zach. Oh, whatever. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. Galifianakis. Z a c h. That's right. Z a c h. Uh, let's add another point to this. Name what they are famous for. Uh, Between Two Ferns or Great. The Hangover. Great. Posen. Z-A-C, fashion. <laughs> ding, ding. Okay. Braff. Z-A-C-H, scrubs. Or Garden State. You're going to get you're gonna get an <laughs> A++ on this. There we go. Efron. Z-A-C, high school musical, <laughs> hairspray. Uh, just 17 again. You, I know you know it all. Just <laughs> list them all. Um, Dating Taylor Schill for start, Chili for a minute. Oh, my God. What was their movie called? I forgot. That one I don't know. But Nicholas it was like, Sparks. Yes. It was like a safe. Yeah. You're safe. Yes. Or no, we're is both, that the other one? We're both white. and, and <laughs> We're both and, white and there's probably a dock somewhere. <laughs> exactly. There's some lake. It's really beautiful. We've got beautiful. generational wealth and we're happy. <laughs> yes. Grandma's very old mm-hmm. and crotchety but gave us a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Um, Snyder. I'm going to say CK, and I have no idea, is he country star? He is CK. He's CK. He's a director. He directed, like, Suicide Squad uh, and stuff. Okay, director's Watchmen. are my blind spot. Okay. Oh, okay. okay. But you got the CK right. There's something you could tell Snyder. Yes. It's, he's a he's CK. He's a CK. Um, Woods. Okay, Zach Woods. I know that name, but I can't... Wait. Oh, I know who that is. Okay. Zach Woods... Is a CH mm-hmm. and he is famous for. Was he on The Office? No. He's. He was... Oh, he was on The Office. He was on The he Office. He was on The Office for a few seasons. Okay. Yes, 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 yes. Okay. Sorry, I stand corrected. I didn't watch The Office. Is that crazy? I've never I... watched The Office. It's pretty funny. I know it's funny. It's funny. I know it's funny. I never but watched honestly, it. But honestly, I never watched Parks and Rec either, and I've heard it's like amazing and fantastic. Yeah. I just didn't get around to it. Zach Woods is like kind of tall, tall, gangly. I know exactly who he is. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Zach Woods. He also. I He's just... on like Silicon Valley or yes. something. Yeah. Yes. Couple more. Randolph. I'm gonna guess a C. <clears throat> and is he an athlete? He's an athlete, but he's CH. Okay. Basketball. Okay. Morris. 
Oh, uh, he's a, a CK, mm-hmm. and he is the uh, the notorious um, terror at Bayside High. That's correct. Did you see the logline for the reboot of Saved by the Bell? Did I see it? And if it? not, can I read please it to read, you? Please read it to me. When California Governor Zach Morris gets into hot water for closing too many low-income high schools, he proposes they send the affected students to the highest-performing schools in the state, including Bayside High. The influx of new students gives the overprivileged Bayside kids a much-needed and hilarious dose of reality. To that I say Bayside as high-achieving where? Because where? Exactly. they legit, those they were never some went of to class. the dumbest kids I've ever seen. They were also all 37. <laughs> um, they were not good at sports or um, the only person that was talented was Slater and he was good at dancing. Yes. And that is it. They did not go to school. They did not have a good principal. They did not have good grades. They did not ever go to class and they were a mess in general. The only high-performing one was Jesse Spano and it was because she She was on speed. Speed. So and also it was an interesting it was an interesting version of the nerd like trope or archetype because Screech wasn't even smart. He no, was just a dweeb. He was a dork. Was, yeah. Screech was like He wasn't the like smart kid. No, he was a dumbass. <laughs> yeah, he was truly like someone that needed to be like he needed help like getting from point A to point B. So <laughs> yeah. I feel like it just was a, a weird turn. They were but so what mean I to do screech. what I will say about say by the by the bell that they did well and they turned this on its head too was that like the pretty sort of unattainable rich girl was black which I'd never really seen that that was a, that a was TV probably show. the one of the first times on like a, a network sitcom exactly yeah. Lisa Turtle she's not in the reboot yes Jesse and now it's Tori in the reboot I, she hasn't been listed on this thing okay. Elizabeth Berkeley and uh, Mario Lopez are in it mm-hmm. of course uh, no one mentioned Tori but if she gets the call, I'm sure she'll take it. And is it. Dustin Diamond going to be part of it? I don't think he's going to be part of it. I think they want to stay away from yeah. Dustin Diamond. Tori Spelling. Tori Spelling. We oh, don't know. Yeah, we don't know. Violet. You know who was, who it could be? Scientologist, former Scientologist. Leah Remini. Leah Remini could come back. love. She would love to do it. Uh, Give me an episode love. on the Peacock. Coming soon to Peacock, Leah Remini. <laughs> Saved by the Bell. Okay, two more. Brown. C-H- Zach, no, C, I'm sorry, C, <laughs> Zach Brown Band. You got it, okay. Last one, just because I needed a, something to throw you for a loop, Baggins. <laughs> I'm going to say CK mm. Um, and no idea. It was a trick question. He's a K. Okay. Oh, just a Z-A-K. Z-A-K. Wow, that's chaotic. That's rare. That's chaotic. <laughs> that's chaotic and evil. Uh-huh. Um, he hosts a show that's been on Discovery Channel for years. It's had over 200 episodes called Ghost Adventures. He's a paranormal investigator. <sighs> I've seen that show. It's one of those shows that like, I've watched late at night, wow. like the last uh-huh. third of it, a million times. Yes. I was like, oh, Good okay. Good for Zach. It's like celebrity ghost stories, yes. which I used to love. Mm-hmm. I think we're done talking about this. Mm-hmm. Thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for having um, me. It was a blast. You can all watch Black Lady Sketch Show on HBO Go mm-hmm. or now HBO mm-hmm. Max. Any of What's the HBOs. Max? Don't know. <laughs> You're like above my pay grade. <laughs> I have no idea. I just stick with HBO and uh, Google can figure out the rest. Great. Well, um, thank you for coming in to talk about this. You're going to watch Between Two Ferns now on Netflix. It's funny. The other things you can watch on Funny or Die. Um, we'll see you next week. <laughs> <laughs>